Truth News Network. A president responds to a critic. I don't want to hear any more of these lies about reckless spending. We're changing people's lives. Yeah. Gas at an all-time high, shortages in everything from construction supplies, hygiene products, to food. Well, as we all said more than a president ago, you can keep the change. And in a crisis, the first casualty is usually the truth. So strap in. You're with TNN, the Truth News Network, and Dan Newman. We have much to consider. Every day we have a lot to consider, but boy, we sure have more today than we had yesterday and the day before. We're going to wade into a bunch here today. I want to start the show by talking about something that has nothing to do with politics. Well, it does in a way, but it has to do with our lives. It has to do with being good, moral, caring American people. You know, we look at all of the difficulties we have in our lives based upon the landscape that we've been a part of. We just develop our thought process based upon where we live, who we were born, what family we were born into, who our relatives are, our jobs when we grow up, all the things that we learn going through school. Those develop our perspectives. We very seldom think about how other people in other parts of the world develop theirs and what they've been through and where they find themselves in developing their perspective of their lives. We do know, and we just take for granted, theirs is vastly different from ours. But let me just say this today. We don't any longer need to think that just because we're Americans, We're the greatest country on the globe. We need to stop thinking that way. We need to be the best country on the the planet by being the best people on the planet. Now, what does that encompass? It encompasses this. Treat others the way, exactly, how you want others to treat you. Period. Give, deposit, invest in other people, not just money. Money does not take care of everything. Invest your time, invest your prayers, invest your communications, your discussions. All of those things are investments in other people. You want the world to be better. You want people to be better. You want to be treated better. Look, invest more in your world. Treat others better than you ever have. Step out of your way to make somebody feel good. When you're tempted to just tongue lash somebody, bite your tongue instead. Smile at them. And if you can't muster any more than this, just say casually, hey, have a great day. All of the things, the things, the things, the physical things, all of the words that we hear through the air, that we speak into the air, all of those kind of things, circumstances in which we find ourselves, those all need to be looked at as learning experiences. When we were babies, we had to learn how to do all the things that babies couldn't do. 
talking, walking, communicating, thinking, all of those things come from a developmental process. And we never stop. If you stop, that means one thing and one thing only. You have assumed room temperature. You're dead. We're going to get there. Don't be afraid of death. I'm not afraid of death. I'm hoping it's not knocking on my door today. But even if it is, I'm going to be okay on the other side. I have a relationship with God, a personal relationship with God. Those are the important things in your life today. You never know. You never know. There are no guarantees that you've got two hours to live, two days to live, two weeks, two months, two years. We don't know those things. Make today the very best that you can make it. And that includes other people and not just your immediate family members. Those are the most important to us, no doubt about it. But why don't you try this? Why don't you just try each day to find one person? You can find one person, somebody you don't know. Find one person to speak into their lives. How do you speak into somebody else's life? You don't know them. You don't know their circumstances necessarily, but they're human beings. They love all humans like contact with other humans, contact that's positive. Look at somebody you don't know today, maybe a grocery store, maybe a service station, maybe at the cleaners, somebody you don't know, and just speak into their lives. How do you do that? Hey, listen. How are things going today for you? Man, I hope you have a great day. You sure look good. I love what you're wearing. I love your smile. Thank you for being so courteous and kind to me. We just have lost that in the United States of America. I noticed it first in some of the big cities I've visited in the country, principally the Big Apple, one of my favorite places on the planet. Used to be before the COVID lockdowns and what uh, the governor, former governor of New York, and the mayor, current and former mayors of New York City, have done to the city and done to the people. People used to be more friendly. You could look somebody in the eyes. You can't. You walk in the busy part of Manhattan, down towards um, Times Square, there are millions of people that go through that area every day. I never see anybody look at me. I never see anybody make eye contact. Why is that? For a lot of reasons. They're busy. They don't want to be bothered. And in many cases, they're afraid that if you make eye contact with someone else, somebody's going to think you mean something and maybe start something that you don't want to get involved in. That's what we are morphing into. Our lives are becoming just what we see right in front of our faces and nothing more. We don't need to go there. Nothing good comes from living that way on the other side of it. The little bitty circumstances that we just talked about, unless we invest some of ourselves in our interactions with other, 
We're going to live in a world that is going to be horrible. It's going to be gross. It's going to be unconscionable. It will be unhappy. I don't want to live there. So you got that lesson for free today. How are you? It's midweek. It's hump day. I'm sure we'll probably hear before the show's over today from Clyde the Camel. Hey, 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 what day is this? <laughs> he always shows up on the show. One of the greatest characters, non-human characters in commercials ever. Clyde the Camel. What else is going on? Well, all eyes have been on Mar-a-Lago since Monday. And it looks like it's going to stay there for a while. We have some things we need to talk about in detail. But let's go up to the 10,000-foot level for just a few moments. And let's talk, just you and me. I'm looking about all of the details in this thing, the invasion of Mar-a-Lago by the FBI, former President Trump's reactions to it. And I try, just like you do, I'm sure, you try to draw some conclusions to get understanding from pundits to lawyers to lawmakers, the nation's most prominent political voices, and including non-political people like you and me, just everyday Americans. Many of us have been fiercely debating what were the motivations behind that FBI raid at Mar-a-Lago. The FBI and the Justice Department won't say a word about their unprecedented action that targets a former president. First time in 260 years a Department of Justice or FBI has done this. First time. Two sources briefed on the raid said that federal agents were looking for evidence concerning whether Trump took documents that contained classified information from the White House to Mar-a-Lago after he left office in January. That would be the thought that most people would have. Eric Trump, the 45th president's son, confirmed that the FBI told Trump's staff that they were searching for documents the National Archives believe were classified and missing, adding that his father had been cooperating with the investigation for months. Which brings up the question, why the heck have they been cooperating and they'd already turned over 15 boxes of documents to the National Archives and still had been in communications about more very amicable ones than why the raid? The National Archives referred the case to the Justice Department and the DOJ launched a probe into whether the former president's handling of documents violated federal law. I personally think there's the rub. National Archives referred the case to what? Joe Biden, Merrick Garland's Justice Department. What does that mean, Dan? Well, who was Merrick Garland? Merrick Garland was appointed by former President Barack Obama, at least he was nominated, to fill a spot on the U.S. Supreme Court. And he never got a chance to go through the nomination justice hearings in order to find out if he would ever be confirmed by the U.S. Senate 
to be that Supreme Court justice. So he's got a chip on his on his shoulder. No question about it. Christopher Ray, FBI director, he has been grilled again and again and again, even though Donald Trump appointed him to be the FBI director, and he was confirmed as that. He has been the target anytime anything bad even appears to be happening in the FBI regarding anything negative that's thrown out there about Trump, the Trump administration, and we know how much of that is thrown out there every day and has been since 2015 when he came down the elevator. You remember that? If you don't think that Merrick Garland, others in the Justice Department, and Christopher Wray and others in the FBI had anything to do with this raid, you've been smoking something that is illegal still in some places. So despite the president's, the former president's apparent cooperation with this investigation, the FBI executed a search warrant for Mar-a-Lago. Now, we don't know what's in the warrant. Typically, when someone goes and files to get a warrant, the warrant includes exactly what's going on, and they show it. They're supposed to show it to the people when they go serve the warrant. That hasn't been made public yet. Although it has been uh, uh, the, the target of a bunch of motions to unseal that warrant. Meanwhile, both the FBI, DOJ, they're not even talking about it, anything about the raid. The FBI didn't respond to anybody, hasn't, for comments. The White House doing the same thing, except one way. They, the president down, Karine Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, said, no one in the White House was given a heads up. We learned about this just like the American people did. If you believe that, you really are smoking something serious. Don't ever think that in this situation, if it ever happens again, don't ever think for a second that from the top of the government all the way down to the belly of the FBI, there are people that knew all about it, and that includes Sleepy Joe. In fact, this raid would not have taken place without full approval by the President of the United States. Why? It's never happened in U.S. history. Who wants to be, and Joe Biden will now be, the President whose FBI and Department of Justice ransacked the home of the former President of the United States, any former President of the United States. The government's silence hadn't stopped Trump's critics from coming up with their reasons for the search warrant probe, and they're saying already, ah, that search warrant's got approved. Trump broke the law, either without specifying a crime or citing allegations unrelated to the reported classified records probe. Several Democrats in Congress were quick to accuse Trump of criminal activity. That's what happens when you break the law, try to steal an election, and incite a deadly insurrection. That was House Progressive Caucus Chair Pramia Jayapal of Washington. 
I'm glad to see the FBI taking steps towards accountability. Trump should be in jail. Wow, I like that kind of justice. If you think somebody's wrong, <laughs> skip all the stuff in between. Throw them in jail. Nancy Pelosi added, there must have been justification for the rate. I don't really have too much to say, except to have a visit like that, you need a warrant, she's told MSNBC. To have a warrant, you need justification. And that says, no one is above the law. Except her. And Paul, her husband. Attorney Paul Cowley, who represents investigative journalist James O'Keefe, in what he describes as a case of government overreach, said last month that the federal government can mislead judges when they request search warrants. You think so? What about the FISA court? What about what James Comey's FBI, you know, Barack Obama, Joe Biden's FBI director? What about all of what he did and those that work for him did? Going before a federal court to get a warrant and lied on the warrant applications. I mean, all those people got thrown in the clink, right? I mean, they're after, they're after Donald Trump now. They don't even know what's in the warrant. He's got to go to jail and should be there, according to Representative Jayapal. A prosecutor can write anything he or she wishes to convince the court to sign the warrant. And the judge reviewing it just has to assume that prosecutor is telling the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Sadly, that's not always the case, as we know now, and thus it is really the prosecutor who secretly controls the basis on which a warrant is issued. Since the raid, Trump supporters across the nation, and by the way, around the world, have cited the Trump-Russia probe as a reason to be skeptical of search warrants being beyond reproach. That is a justifiable representation. Specifically, they pointed to the infamous Steele dossier. It contained several salacious and since debunked claims certainly weren't true about Trump and his alleged ties to Russia. The government used that dossier with that fake information to get a FISA warrant to surveil one-time Trump campaign aide Carter Page back in 2016. Still, some legal experts echoed Pelosi, arguing there had to be sufficient evidence to get a federal search warrant against a former president. Now, think about that. There had to be sufficient evidence to secure a federal search warrant against a former president. I'll say that again. They had to have sufficient evidence to secure a federal search warrant against a former president. Think about that. That's not the case. <laughs> That's what's supposed to be the case. But was it the case in the Russia collusion investigation. No, it wasn't. It wasn't to get it started and two updated trips back to the FISA court to get new authorization. Three of them included lies. It is not necessary 
for a Barack Obama slash Joe Biden Department of Justice FBI to get a search warrant against a political foe that Joe Biden is confident of Donald Trump being in the 2024 election. Mark Elias, you remember that? The Democrats' top election lawyer whose former law firm represented Hillary Clinton's 2016 presidential campaign. Following the raid on Monday, he tweeted suggesting Trump could be barred from seeking public office again. Now, he went, and I mean a tweet. (laughs) We're talking about, what, 140 words max? He went from hearing about an FBI raid in 140 words to Trump because of that FBI raid being barred from seeking public office again. Do you think they gave away, do you think they've given away the purpose for initiating this? Here's exactly what he tweeted. The media is missing the really, really big reason why the raid is a potential blockbuster in American politics. And he brought up that U.S. Code Title 18, Section 2071. What does it say? If someone willfully and unlawfully mishandles certain federal documents, they shall forfeit their office and be disqualified from holding any office under the United States. So he was, Elias was immediately just lambasted. He added, because of the lambasting, that such a legal effort to stop Trump from seeking the presidency would be difficult, but nonetheless a, quote, blockbuster in American politics. Kind of like the blockbuster Russia collusion hoax that lasted three and a half years, 40 plus million American dollars just to pay for the bill for those investigations. And then think about what American citizens lost in the way of good Trump policies, things that he wanted to pass that because of the questions hanging over his head, he could not get the cooperation of the U.S. Congress during that hoax. MSNBC host Lawrence O'Donnell, I can't even believe I'm going to quote him. He is the worst nighttime, hard-headed, hard leftist left. The absolute worst. Some He and some progressive root groups were among those to pick up and promote the Elias I did. But pr- prominent legal experts dismissed that idea as fantasy. There's no concept. Now, this is coming from Alan Dershowitz. He said this yesterday. It's completely made up. You can run for president from prison. You can run for president if you're about to be sentenced to death. There's nothing in the Constitution prohibiting a person who has committed crimes or been convicted of crimes of running for president. Now, that's Dershowitz, his opinion. He continued, you got to be born in the U.S. You have to be 35 or older. You can't have served in the Civil War in the South. Those are the three basic criteria. The idea you can disqualify somebody from running is just wrong. George Washington University law professor John Bonzoff similarly rejected Elias' notion. 
noting the Supreme Court has ruled multiple times. The Constitution alone sets the conditions for holding certain offices and that additional conditions or qualifications can't be added. And this isn't the first time Elias and other like-minded far leftists have pushed the idea of disqualifying Trump or his supporters from running for office. Elias spearheaded an effort to label and disqualify Republicans who supported efforts to challenge the 2020 presidential election as insurrectionists. Specifically, you know, it's another. How could anybody actually hold an insurrection with hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of followers and there were only two guns? This is the freaking United States of America. We don't even know how many billions of guns are privately owned. And they, in, in their ridiculous and unexplainable stupidity, keep screaming insurrection, insurrection about January 6th. And they blame those skinheads, those racists from the South. The Oath Keepers, the Proud Boys, you know, they hate everything to do with anything democratic. They want Nazism. They want totalitarianism. No, we hardly have that right now. It's called the Joe Biden administration. We want out of that. All of those people I just named, if they were going to Washington, D.C. to try to overthrow the government or keep Donald Trump in the White House after that cheating election of 2020, which it was, you think they'd show up with something. (laughs) They showed up with nothing. Two guns were all that was found. And the first half of the day, the first half of the day, according to international photojournalist, you hear him here all the time, Steve Baker, he was there. He videoed the whole thing. His video has been seen on network television news shows about the January 6th insurrection around the globe. For the first half of the day, there was not a single Capitol policeman wearing a gun. If you were expecting an insurrection, don't you think you'd be armed if you're a law enforcement officer? There's a documented history of bias against Trump by top FBI officials, including, by the way, prior falsification and misrepresentations that were part of that Russia collusion conspiracy investigation. So because of that, A.G. Merrick Garland surely knew this raid would rekindle suspicions that this could be another example of what Fired FBI official Peter Strzok once called an insurance policy against Trump becoming president back in 2016. They've already tried this one time. They tried it. They did their best. What makes you think they wouldn't do it again? That's exactly where we're living today. Yeah, Newman. You're preaching today, aren't you? (laughs) Yeah, I am. This is just absolutely wrong. I'm sorry, folks. It's absolutely wrong. 
This is not what is supposed to happen in the United States of America. The Department of Justice, the rule of law, that's what our forefathers centered the entire Constitution around so that no American could ever be taken care of, hurt, harmed by its own government. This is the stuff that happens every other place. The criminal indictment, even imprisonment of former heads of state by ruling governments in other countries. That's way more common than most Americans probably realize. Now think about this. Today, former presidents of these countries, Argentina, Bolivia, El Salvador, Colombia, Guatemala, Panama, Peru, Paraguay, Costa Rica, Former presidents of those countries are all in jail. And that's just in Central and South America. The world is full of corrupt leaders who criminalize the opposition and politicize domestic law enforcement in their countries. They do that. We don't. You want an example? You remember Daniel Ortega? He's been the president of Nicaragua since 2007, when you put your political opponents and potential rivals like Ortega did, when you put them in jail, it's pretty darn easy to stay in office. One of the features of these so-called developing countries, OMG, like Nicaragua is developing. One of the commonalities is that they have not developed a way to transfer power peacefully. Brute force, not, certainly not free and fair elections. That's how rulers of the third world seize and retain their power. Is that what we're looking at now? Does Joe Biden actually think that he is qualified not to serve a second term? He is questionably qualified to serve the balance of the first one. It looks like, folks, United States might join the ranks of these quote-unquote developing countries. This is a perfect example. Monday, dozens of FBI agents raided the home of the former president. The absurd pretext for the raid was a dispute over documents with the National Archives, a circumstance by no means unique to the Trump administration, and one that no serious person believes could ever justify such a raid. Hillary Clinton and her staff, they committed dozens of felonies. They used a private email server, which is against federal law, and they were sending classified and even top-secret info, and then they destroyed all evidence related to that illegal server. And we're told, we don't know, but 33,000 emails included a bunch of them between Hillary Clinton when she was Secretary of State and Barack Obama in the White House. The IT department of the White House had no idea Barack Obama had a secret Gmail address that he communicated back and forth with Hillary Clinton. By the way, who the heck else on the planet did he communicate? Nobody knew about it with a Gmail address that was unsecure. And who got all those emails? 
Yet there was never an FBI raid or even a single charge filed against anyone and all of that. Just the opposite, in fact. Clinton's entire staff, you remember this? They got government immunity. Everybody in America knows a real reason for this FBI raid. To tarnish Trump as unfit for office. To intimidate and dissuade him from running again in 2024. Nothing like this has ever happened. Senator Marco Rubio, who you'll hear from in a little bit on this show, he was exactly right to compare the FBI raid to the kind of thing you see in Nicaragua under Ortega. It's what ruling regimes do to rob the people of their countries of their voice and to avoid any consequences of elections. But as bad as a raid was, it's just the most recent incident in a larger pattern of corruption, not only in the Department of Justice, but from top to bottom in our federal government, designed to do what? Keep Trump out of office and away from any of the levers of power. Before the news broke about the raid on Monday, let me remind you of this. The New Yorker published a remarkable piece about the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark Milley, and other top Pentagon officials, and their actions during the Trump presidency. The article, which is an excerpt, we're told, of a forthcoming book by Peter Baker titled The Divider, is meant to show what a hero Mark Milley was to stand up to Trump, especially after the 2020 election. No doubt, thanks to Milley, obviously being the unnamed source for the conversations that the article recounts. But what is unintentionally revealed is a U.S. military establishment that refused to follow the orders of a duly elected commander-in-chief worked behind the scenes to thwart Trump's entire foreign policy agenda. And in Milley, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, who came within a stone's throw of staging a military coup in Washington. Milley and other top-ranking generals undermined Trump, not because he asked them to do anything illegal, but because he asked them to do things they oppose politically. Like withdraw U.S. troops from Syria and Afghanistan and take a hard line on Iran. Withdrawing troops from these places, pushing back against Iran is, of course, One of the things Trump campaigned on in 2016, novel idea. A campaigning person for president gets elected and they want to fulfill what they promised to do when they were campaigning. (laughs) Many of Trump's voters, disillusioned with unending and seemingly pointless foreign conflicts, were ready for a radical shift in our U.S. foreign policy. Bring our troops home, bring our troops home. But Milley, who zero Americans voted for, he disagreed. He thought he knew better. So we were told about how in December of 2020, Milley met privately within Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu to personally urge him to back off with Trump and not strike Iran's ballistic missile sites, which Trump wanted to do in response to Tehran's breakout nuclear capabilities. This was about the time that Milley was doing something a little fishy. 
he was making phone calls to a Chinese general. Now, this is a military guy. This is not an elected person. Why was he calling this Chinese general? He felt it was his calling to reassure Beijing that Trump wasn't about to start a war and that if Trump did plan to attack, Milley would personally warn his Chinese counterpart ahead of time. That, folks, is an insurrection. The left and the never-Trump crowd think that doesn't count as treason because they think Trump was never a legitimate president. They think we needed people like Milley to undermine Trump until he was out of office and the adults were in charge again. Under the circumstances, almost anything was justified. That's the thinking they had. Well, the adults are back in office. And what do we have? We're hated and laughed at around the world, outside our borders. Nobody wants our president to ever show up. All they ever want is for him to agree to spend money on whatever they want to spend money on. And by the way, give some of it to them. Internally, we have the worst inflation in American history, maybe outside World War I. And it's all happened because Joe Biden undid all of the capitalistic improvements that happened for every American, top to bottom, in the four years of Donald Trump. If you put the eight years of Biden and Barack Obama up against the four years of Donald Trump's economic progress, Trump ran circles around Barack and Joe. And they had twice as long to implement theirs as he did. And if you ever said that to Joe, here's what they would say. They've, they've always said this. Oh, that was because we inherited a horrible economy from Bush 43. They never took responsibility for any of the things that happened on their watch that they instigated. That same twisted logic, it's at work in this FBI raid. In addition to corrupt Democrat lawyers like Mark Elias admitting on Twitter that the real reason of the raid is to rig the 24 election by disqualifying Trump from running, you have never Trumpers like David French peddling the laughably naive line that no president is above the law and that no one should assume the FBI is abusing its power. Even South Carolina Senator Tim Scott said, Americans should not jump to conclusions, but let the DOJ investigation play out. But of course, the FBI is abusing its power, as is Attorney General Merrick Garland. The idea that the FBI and Garland's DOJ deserve the presumption of integrity and impartiality is only possible if you have been blissfully unaware of the events of the past six years in American politics. I don't trust the DOJ. I don't trust the FBI. One of my best friends is a high up in the FBI. He doesn't trust the FBI in many cases. The FBI fabricated evidence and then repeatedly submitted it to the FISA court to get an illegal warrant to spy on the Trump campaign and then went back and got two renewals and said the same lies, sworn under oath. Nothing happened to those people. Those were Obama-Biden folks, carryovers. 
into the Trump administration. The FBI's top officials then illegally leaked to the press and later lied about leaking. Ah, doing that, that's bastions of integrity. Leaders in the FBI lying to a court. That's okay? Yeah, it's okay. If they're lying about Donald Trump, that's okay. They used this illegal surveillance as a pretext for the years-long Mueller investigation. 30, 40 million, we don't know. All of it was designed get Trump out of office or failing that, fatally weaken his administration. None of it had anything to do with the rule of law. And everything that's done, everything that's done, everything that's done in the Department of Justice and the FBI by constitutional law has to be about the rule of law. Nor did the FBI's decision to quash an investigation into Hunter Biden's criminal activities and overseas business dealings ahead of the 2020 election, even though much of the info driving the investigation was verified or easily verifiable, much of it had already been verified. And neither does this FBI raid. This is about one thing and one thing only. Holding on to power. They grabbed the power, not from Donald Trump. They grabbed it away from you and me. They took it. They feel like they own it. And they are not going to let it go. The power they have. And they want even more. And they've got to get rid of Donald Trump to do that. There's nothing particularly subtle or nuanced about it. If you want to know where it leads, seriously, check out Nicaragua and see how it's gone down there for the Nicaraguan people over the last 30 years, 40 years, 50 years oppressive government comes in and they either do away with jail or kill all those people that disagree with them. Got to be honest with you. Doesn't look to me like we're very far from that happening. We have so much to talk about today on the show. A little bit more about the raid. We've got some news that's come out, a little more information. Other than that, we're not going to spend a lot of time on it. I think you know how I feel about it, (laughs) and I've heard from many of you, and I know many of you feel the same way. But we got some good stuff, and we're going to dig right into it right after this. Subway Restaurant Storytime Theater proudly presents Jack and the Beanstalk. Fee, fi, fo, foam. I smell the. I, I smell, uh, something delicious. Hey, little fella, what you got there? Oh, this? It's the big hot pastrami sub from Subway Restaurants. Mmm, that does look tasty. It sure is. Climbing that beanstalk out there makes you hungry. Uh, you mind if I have a bite? Sure! I'll trade you for that goose over there with the golden eggs. You got a deal! Hungry for something big? Then pick up a big hot pastrami sub from Subway Restaurants. Layer upon layer of delicious hot pastrami stacked high and toasted to flavorful perfection on freshly baked bread. 
topped with pickles, mustard, and melted Swiss cheese, it's the perfect way to satisfy any giant-sized appetite. Big Hot Pastrami available at participating restaurants for a limited time only. See restaurants for details. Subway. Eat fresh. Today on Hey Culligan, softer equals better. Here's a tweet from Ed Itchy in Idaho. Hey Culligan, my laundry is so scratchy I just cut myself on a cable knit sweater. Any suggestions? Hashtag send help. Hey Ed Itchy in Idaho, yes, the Culligan High Efficiency Water Softener will make that thing so soft it'll go from cable knit to cable knot. Itchy. Hashtag soft laundry. Hashtag already on the way. Get started for as little as $10 a month for six months at participating Culligan dealers. If you think we're just four wheels and a grill, think again. The Jeep Grand Cherokee redefines freedom. But what really makes Jeep? It's finding the perfect balance between luxury and adventure without ever compromising. It's driving across the country to see your family, to make new memories. So, what makes Jeep? You do. Jeep. There's only one. Jeep is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Telling the truth, the mainstream media doesn't want you to hear. Dan Newman, TNN, The Truth News Network. Again, here's Dan. More news coming out about the raid on the Trump compound in Mar-a-Lago. As a blowback over this raid continues to grow, and that's another stupid thing in my opinion they're not doing. They need and should have gotten out in front of this and planned on how to roll this out to the American people. And you know what they would have if they gave it a rip about what you thought about it. In the middle of all of this, new info has emerged suggesting the raid was sparked by something trivial, which would be a major problem. That would also explain why they haven't come out and given us a reason for the raid. Numerous pundits have warned that unless the DOJ had significant justification for the raid. It could turn out to have been the dumbest and most destructive political gambit in the recent history of the nation. And every day now, just over the last few days, that's what new evidence suggests that it was. Late yesterday, the Wall Street Journal reported the raid was motivated, at least in part, by the belief that Additional classified information remained at Trump's home after the National Archives retrieved more than a dozen boxes of White House documents from the resort earlier this year. But if it was just a matter of documents, why didn't the feds just get a subpoena? After all, they're very proficient at getting subpoenas for Donald Trump, right? Why instead did they decide to raid his house? According to the Washington Post, that bastion of media impartiality, back in January, they say the National Archives and Records Administration got 15 boxes of documents and other items from Mar-a-Lago that archives officials said should have been turned over when Trump left the White House. Among the items were critical documents, letters, and notes from foreign leaders to the Trumps personally such as North Korea's Kim Jong-un. In addition, folks, listen to this. This is really heavy. A cocktail napkin, a phone list, charts, slide decks, letters, memos, maps, 
talking points for speeches, a birthday dinner menu, oh my gosh, schedules, and more. There was also some classified material. Now let me talk about classified material for a second. Here's something everybody needs to understand. The only reason anything is classified information-wise is if the President of the United States agrees and allows it to happen. Any president has the sole right to declassify anything. Often, a lot of these documents that are classified, the reason they're classified, and I would say 99% of all of the classified documents rolling around Washington, D.C., are not classified for top-secret government information. They're classified just because of who prepares them. And in many cases, presidents declassified documents, but that front page is left on the page of what is formally classified that shows it's classified. Only a president, and in this case, be kind of obvious, this president took stuff back to his home. He had access to it. He has the right to declassify whatever he wanted to declassify. So following this first get-together with the National Archives, federal investigators went to Mar-a-Lago to talk about turning over more classified material. At the beginning of the meeting, we are told, Trump stopped by, greeted investigators near a dining room. After he left, without answering any questions, the investigator asked the attorneys if they could see where Trump was storing those documents. The attorneys took the investigators to the basement room where the boxes and materials were being stored, and the investigators looked around the room before eventually leaving. Now, that is reported by CNN. A second source said Trump came in to say hi, made some small talk, but left while the attorneys spoke with the investigators. The source said some of the documents shown to the investigators had those top-secret markings I just told you about. Five days later, on June 8th, Trump's attorneys got a letter from the investigators asking them to further secure the room where the documents were stored. They didn't ask for the documents. They asked for the room to be further secured. And guess what the Trump evil aides did? They immediately added a padlock to the room door. But despite Trump's attorney's abiding by the investigator's request, the DOJ and the FBI felt they weren't getting the same cooperation they had been receiving earlier in the probe. And so they filed for a search warrant. they got to be hiding something. They're not being forthcoming. They've let us look at everything we asked to look at, but we don't believe them. We don't trust them. Why? It's the orange man. Next came the raid. Speaking on Real America's Voice on Tuesday, Trump's personal attorney, Christina Bob, said, listen to this, she was allowed to briefly view the warrant during the raid, and she said that it looked thin. They did not give me a copy of it right away, but they did let me see it. It was very, I would say, thin. 
And as you can tell from public records, the affidavit, the supporting documentation of what the probable cause was to obtain the warrant, has been sealed. They also said that they were looking for classified documents, evidence of a crime as far as classified documents go. So they were looking for both classified info that they think should not have been removed from the White House, as well as presidential records. She added that it was ironic and ultimately made no sense. The irony of both, if you want to call it that, she said, that it is the president himself who gets to decide what is a presidential record. So why they get to redefine that is unclear. And why they get to search, why that's even in a warrant, it doesn't really even make any sense. And she's not the only one who's made this point that the allegations of criminality don't fit the seriousness of what happened. Our perplexing aspect of the Mar-a-Lago search, at least to some legal analysts, is that the crime reportedly being investigated doesn't seem to match the unprecedented tactic of an FBI search of a former president's residence. And guess who said that? Politico. (laughs) They hate Trump. Politico also obtained a stunning quote from an undamed legal expert who said this, if they raided his home, justifying classified documents he took from the White House, he will be reelected president in 2024, hands down. It will prove to be the greatest law enforcement mistake in U.S. history. Now, who in their right mind would think That this president, you know who it is, it's Joe Biden. Hi, I'm Joe Biden, Joe Biden, Jill's husband. Who would think that he could be breaking a brand new record (laughs) on his watch and probably at his behest? He instigated his DOJ, his FBI, the greatest law enforcement debacle in history. Liberal journalist Matt Tybee added on Substack that if underlying this action there isn't a very substantial there there, the Biden administration just took the world's most reputable police force, turned it into the American version of the Tantan Maku on national television. We may be looking at simultaneously the dumbest and most inadvertently destructive political gambit in the history of this country. So, so far, what is the there there? Just appears to be classified documents and presidential records, neither of which critics say would justify raiding a former president's home. Now, there is something extremely sinister about one thing they did. They would not let Trump lawyers observe any of the documents and other things that they took. That is unprecedented. It is always when the FBI is coming to do something like that, there is usually a record made on the site of all of the things that were removed by law enforcement. They banned Trump attorneys from even being on the grounds when they were searching. 
former president yesterday, he talked about the FBI blocked any of his staff, including lawyers, from the areas where the raid happened on Monday. And he suggested, I thought about this, I mentioned it yesterday on TNN Live. That's the perfect environment in which somebody could plant some evidence. Those working for the former president who were there during the raid refused to turn off security cameras on the premises despite instructions from agents to do so. Let's hope and pray those cameras were on and the actions, the specific actions of those FBI agents regarding all of that stuff were documented. Comes as Trump confirmed on his alternative social media site Tuesday evening, he will be deposed today in questioning part of the New York Attorney General's civil investigation into his family's real estate business. Everyone was asked to leave the premises in Mar-a-Lago. FBI said they wanted to be left alone without any witnesses to see what they were doing, taking, talking to, hopefully not planning. Trump continued. Christina Bob, who is a Trump lawyer, told Real America's Voice yesterday the raid was a weird flex and repeated Trump's suspicions that Department of Justice might have planted something during the search. And you know what? We'll never know for sure. Well, before we go to our second break, there's some good news out there. If you are a Trump supporter, candidates endorsed by former President Trump had another immaculate night in statewide and federal races across the nation. That's just a day after this raid on Mar-a-Lago. Trump's endorsement record now stands at 192-11. and 11. Who were the winners last night? Businessman Tim Michaels who served as a U.S. Army Ranger for 12 years, beat out his opponent, Rebecca Kleefish, for the Republican gubernatorial nomination in Wisconsin. Wisconsin needs a governor who will stop inflation, uphold the rule of law, strengthen our borders. We had the strongest borders in history just two years ago. Now we have the weakest and end the well-documented fraud in our elections. Five other candidates backed by Trump and the cheese state advanced to the general election at the federal level. I won't even give you their names. Then let's go to Connecticut. Leora Levi won the GOP U.S. Senate primary over Themis Claritas and Peter Lomage. Levi, the National Republican Committee woman for Connecticut, got Trump's endorsement on Thursday when Trump slammed her general election opponent, Senator Richard Blumenthal. Leora Levi is running to represent the great state of Connecticut. Trump said the current senator is a mocked and laughed at fool who said for many years he was a brave war hero in Vietnam when he wasn't. He had never even been to Vietnam. And the list goes on and on. Sweeping victories made Trump's endorsement record immaculate in 31 states. 31 states. He's won every race that he has endorsed. Texas, 33-0. Indiana, 6-0. Ohio, 16-0. Virginia, 2-0. Kentucky, 6-0. Pennsylvania, 8-0. Bama, 6. Arkansas, 5. California, 7-0. 
Iowa 4-0, Mississippi 1-0, Montana 2-0, New Jersey 1-0. The list goes on and on and on and on. Trump picked up an extra win Monday after Wasserman declared Trump endorsed Joe Kent advanced to the general election for Washington's 3rd Congressional District over Representative Jamie Herrera Butler, who voted for Trump's impeachment. And midterm primaries aren't over. They continue on August 13th in Hawaii. Now, what is this saying? What is all this saying? What it's saying, folks, is Americans want a change. Americans want our government to give the government back to us that you have taken away. The swamp has taken it away. It's time for we the people to be back in charge and we the people will not give it up. We're not going to quit and go home. We're not going to go home. We're not going to sit down and shut up. We're going to tell you we're going to make you. Do the constitutional thing. Govern constitutionally. Do it or we'll remove you from office. Just as all of those anti-Trumpsters so far, pretty much 100% have been sent packing. They've been primary. Wow. We're not quite done. A couple of little bit of pieces of info you need on the Trump thing. Thank you for joining us this morning. Join us Monday through Friday, 9 to 11 Central for Dan Newman, TNN Live. The Truth News Network. Or online all the time at truthnewsnet.org. Uh-oh, guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Julie, hey, guess what day it is. Oh, come on, I know you can hear me. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Leslie, guess what today is? It's hump day. Woo -woo! Ronnie, how happy are folks who save hundreds of dollars switching to Geico? I'd say happier than a camel on Wednesday. Hump day! Get happy. Yeah! Get Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Long live the courageous. The tenacious. The ones who push forward and give back. Long live the greater good. The helping hand. Those who fall and get back up. And long live the truck with the strength to overcome. The will to outwork. And the commitment to outlast them all. Ram. Proven to last. about doing a streaming radio program is we have the ability in real time I can sit here and look at another computer that is on my uh, my desk I can look at the sources the cities the countries where people are listening live and it's amazing 
on days when there are really specific and targeted topics of contention where our listeners come from. I'm not going to give you the list today. It's pretty exhaustive. But it's coming from some um, some places around the world that are government and political headquarters, c- capitals. It's interesting. People over there, they want to know what the American people think about all this mess that's happening. And they like to hear about it, get that input in real time, and they're not getting it in their countries. But what's interesting, I don't, you know, I'm not ABC. TNN is not uh, CBS, MSNBC, CNN, Politico, New York Times. These people read our stuff online at truthnewsnet.org, and they're listening online to TNN Live. And I wonder why. Remember I told you a couple of years ago, we, uh, when we have a subscription that comes in, and subscriptions here aren't for anything other than just to make sure whoever the subscriber is gets an overnight email that includes a link to any news story that goes up so the next day that person doesn't have to go to the homepage, look for a news story. They can just click on the link and go right to it. But we have to approve adding any of those emails to our email list, which is growing exponentially, and I want to thank you for that. Oh, by the way, we don't sell anything. You'll never get a request for any money or anything. That's just so that you will know when something new happens. We started getting a bunch of those emails, and the email addresses ended in either .yandex or .ru. I had to approve all those. I don't approve them now. Others approve them, but I was at the time approving all those before they were added in Atlanta to our subscriber list. And so I was a little curious, so I went to my IT director, and I showed it to him and said, do you know what this is about? And he almost turned white. He said, these are from Russia. I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> what, what, what are people in Russia listening to this show for, subscribing to this website for? And it just so happens the next week, the very next week, I got a question about a story that was published on truthnewsnet.org, and it came from one of those email addresses. And it was a girl that sent it, female. I know I don't get the pronouns right all the time, and I'm sorry for that. Wait a minute. No, I'm not really sorry for that. I'm doing my darndest anyway. When a woman signs her name Lois, I think it's a female. I, I, I'm i sorry if I don't know if that is a biological female, a questioned female, or someone that just self-identifies as a female. I can't, anyway, I'm not going to, back to the, uh, to the Russian email addresses. So I get a question about a story from one of these email addresses. I answered the question very politely in a email response, and I asked a question after I answered her questions. I said, by the way, we've been getting a lot of subscriptions from Russia. Do you have any idea what that's about? She immediately responded and said, yes. At that time, she said, I was a sophomore at the University of Moscow. And in our international political curriculum, the head of that department in one of his classes He requires, he picked an American liberal 
radio or streaming radio outlet for us to follow, and he picked a conservative one. Truth News Network is the conservative one that he chose. So, one day every week in all of his classes, he gives quizzes on the content of one or two of the shows and or articles that were published at Truth News Net the week before. I can't tell you how that shocked me. Just to think, how in the world on the other side of the world, how in the world did a educator in Moscow come up and find Truth News Network, for starters, and then make it make it required for his students to either read stories, listen to the show, or both. So for a long time, in fact, until the, the day of the invasion of Ukraine by Russia this past season, every day we had 600 Russians, I guess all of the International Politics Department members, they were logged in, and I could see them either looking at, reading, or listening to the show. The day of the beginning of the invasion of Ukraine, every one of those disappeared. Obviously, Vladimir Putin blocked everybody outside from getting in and out through email, and probably watching and listening online as well blocked them. We never think about that in the United States. Chinese do the same thing. Koreans do the same thing. North Koreans do the same thing. Totalitarian countries, the only way they can stay totalitarian is if they lock up and have total control of their people. Let's circle back. Jen Psaki here. Let's circle back just for a moment to one more little thing about the raid down at Mar-Lago. Um, to many folks, the raid heard around the world, it opened up a thought signaling maybe a dark escalation in the culture war, heating up over cold tensions permeating across our society. Now, this stigmatizing polarization politically that is ramped up, exacerbated every day by corporate media It's fueled progressives to further their agenda at any cost. And in this case, that meant finding a judge in Florida. Got to find somebody to sign off on that FBI raid down there before they could do it. Somebody, you know, that's got that authority under the federal government. So they handpicked a real, a real judicial Heavyweight, somebody in U.S. law that is just entrenched and well thought of and well known. Well, the guy they picked, his name is Bruce Reinhardt. Bruce is not a federal judge. He's a federal magistrate. And Bruce has a kind of checkered political past. The New York Post reported yesterday Miranda Devine, by the way, one of my favorite reporters in the world, 
Yesterday, she identified the most recent search warrant that was approved by the Southern District of Florida. It had been signed and sealed by this guy, Bruce Reinhardt. The Post went on to cover in detail how back in 2007, Reinhardt had been working for the South Florida U.S. Attorney's Office prosecuting Jeffrey Epstein for sex trafficking only to quit that job on New Year's Day in 08 and went into private practice before a plea deal could be settled by Epstein. The then-attorney promptly joined the defense of Epstein's associates and by his own admission represented Epstein's pilots, his scheduler, Sarah Kellen, and Nadia Markinkova, who Epstein once reportedly described as his Yugoslavian sex slave. All this had been covered at length by the Miami Herald, which wrote that at the time a plea was being worked on, Reinhardt opened a limited liability company in Florida that established what would become his new criminal defense practice. The stated address, according to Florida State Corporate Records, was the same location and identical suite number as that of Epstein's lead attorney, Jack Goldberger. Now, what does all this boil down to? It may not, it may not boil down to anything. But you know what happens in these kind of cases when they want to go get, find somebody who will be complicit in whatever they think they're going to be able to do. They forum shop is what it's what it's called somebody somebody in the department of justice they knew about magistrate bruce reinhardt and his past and i guarantee you that's why they went there to get that they knew he would cooperate so we're told fbi agents were after classified records they took boxes upon boxes with them This is kind of curious. They scoured Melania Trump's wardrobe closet, spent several hours combing through Donald Trump's private office, breaking open his safe, brand new safe. Wasn't anything in it. They rifled through drawers when they raided the former First Family's Mar-a-Lago home Friday morning. Monday morning, excuse me. It was learned the search warrant used entered the palatial Palm Beach property focused solely on presidential records and evidence of classified information being stored there. They had no legal authority to go through Melania's closet and to go through Donald Trump's private office. It's interesting if, the, if it was flipped, if the shoe was on the other other foot. What would be being said by now? What if this had happened to Barack and Michelle Obama at one of their compounds? Hawaii on the East Coast up there, Martha's Vineyard, or there one in Washington, D.C.? What would the outrage be? Not, in this case, nothing like it. 90% of those who were anti-Trumpsters 90, maybe even more than that, when they heard about it, they were all screaming and hollering, he's going to jail, he's going to jail, he's going to jail. They were excited to hear about it. Forget about the rule of law thing, huh? Forget about it. 
There are a bunch of people that are just beside themselves. There are people down in Florida, Republican state representative, one, for instance, is actually calling for the arrest of FBI agents. Florida State Rep. Anthony Sabatini called for the state to arrest FBI agents that conducted that raid. It's time for us in the Florida legislature to call all emergency legislative session and amend our laws regarding federal agencies, he wrote. Sever all ties with the Department of Justice immediately. Any FBI agent conducting law enforcement functions outside the purview of our state should be arrested on site. I think that may be a little extreme, don't you? But nevertheless, who could say it's justified and who can say it's not? I don't know. Some news about Joe's big piece of legislation. Everybody thinks because the Inflation Reduction Act, it cleared a hurdle in the U.S. Senate last week that it's going to be signed into law, or many think it already has. That's not the case, and it's looking like it may reach some hurdles when it comes up in the House of Representatives to be considered on Friday of this week. Uh Uh-oh. AOC's constituents weighed in on how Democrats removed a proposed tax hike affecting billionaires. They removed it from the Inflation Reduction Act. Why? They wanted to get it passed. They weren't going to get it passed with those in there. The billionaires are the people with the power to really change whatever it's that we're trying to change. One man said, we shouldn't vote for it if that's something that's not being addressed. But another guy, passing a bill for environment, anything that would help climate change, I'm for it. If the rich get a break, big deal. They weren't saying that two weeks ago, were they? We got to make the evil rich people pay, pay, pay. So the Senate passed the bill. It's been keyed to be a value of $433 billion, which included $369 billion in spending for climate change while imposing a 15% minimum tax on corporations with more than a billion dollars in annual profits. Just to remind you, corporations don't pay taxes. They don't. They may send money to the federal government for the stated amount of taxes, but then they just turn around and flip it on consumers like you and me. That dress that you were going to pay $60 for, all of a sudden overnight, it's $80. Thank you, Uncle Joe. They're getting a lot of pushback from some of those Democrats that are in these sketchy districts regarding getting reelected in the midterms. And a bunch of these people are now saying, you know what? I don't know if I'm going to vote for this quote unquote inflation, inflation buster piece of legislation, because if I do, I'm going to lose my job and I don't want that to happen. It's interesting. Marco Rubio, you know him as one of the two senators in the U.S. Senate from Florida. The other's Rick Scott. Marco Rubio is ethnic. He's Hispanic in his background, has a lot of family and friends, 
and his constituents in South Florida, many of those are Hispanics, he's pondering what was going on and why in this raid of Mar-a-Lago. He was on with Jesse on Fox News last night. One senator who is speaking out against all this, Florida Senator Marco Rubio, Senator... I'm sorry. Sean Hannity. Please forgive me. You actually said about this, I found it interesting that Joe Biden, the administration, the DOJ, the FBI are playing with fire. Look, I'm here in a very unique position in South Florida, surrounded by people that come from countries where this is familiar to them. This is shocking to Americans. But in Latin America and many of these you know, countries around the world, here's what happens. A group takes power. One of the first things that group does is they begin to persecute and go after their political opponents. And then when the supporters of their political opponents begin to complain about it, they begin to target them and they criminalize opposition. And that's what's happening here now. They took power. They are demanding, and you see it on Twitter, you see their public statements, they are demanding. They want Donald Trump arrested. They want him charged right now. They wanted him charged uh, months ago, years ago. They wanted him charged. And I'm telling you the next thing you're going to see here, Sean, because it's the playbook. And that is, they are now going to begin to say, oh, these Trump supporters, these Republicans, they're very upset. They're saying very angry things. We think they might be a threat. We think they're radical extremists. Let's start arresting them. You're going, the next step in this process is going to be that people who are supporters of Donald Trump's or just conservatives complaining about this are going to begin to get harassed by, are going to begin to get labeled as potential insurrectionists and are going to begin to get harassed uh, by law enforcement. That's the next step in this playbook, sadly. You know, we went through three years, Senator, three long years where we now know that FISA warrants were obtained using an unverifiable, dirty Russian dossier that was bought and paid for by Donald Trump's opponent in 2016, Hillary Clinton. And all of that information was false. And even Andrew McCabe, the deputy director of the FBI, said without that dirty dossier, there wouldn't be any FISA warrants. But yet they used it four times, even when the subsource for Christopher Steele acknowledged none of it was true. There were no hookers in the Ritz-Carlton in Moscow urinating on Donald Trump's bed, which was part of this crap. This went on for three long years. I believe the FBI and I believe the Department of Justice have squandered any goodwill or any, any deserved trust of the American people, especially when it comes to Donald Trump. What could they possibly be looking for here? Well, I actually don't think they went in looking for documents. I think that was probably their, their excuse that they found some Obama donor judge to, to write him a, 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 um, a ruse. Yeah, they, they found some Obama donor judge to write, not even a judge, a magistrate to, to write uh, and give them the search warrant. I think they went in there looking to see whatever they could find. Their argument is, all right, we were here looking for documents. We didn't find those, but look what we did find. Or who knows what happened while they were in there because the lawyers weren't allowed to see it. These people are obsessed. The far left, they will stop at nothing. People don't understand this is the playbook from all over the world. The far left believes that their cause is so worthy that anyone who is against it must be evil, must be a criminal, and must be punished and put away. Look, this is one of the reasons. I know people hear this all the time. This is why elections really matter. We've got to take back the majority in the House and Senate so we can subpoena the records behind this and these other efforts so we could bring in the director of the FBI, the attorney general, and force people to testify under oath about who told you what, who told you to do this, what was the justification behind this, this stuff needs to happen. And, and, and I hope we have to have the guts to do that. Okay? But they're doing but, but here, this under a pretext. 
Senator, I have in front of me the National no Archives doubt. Record Administration note that, in fact, Donald Trump and, and the, the people in Mar-a-Lago were cooperating with them. This is from February. So I don't know what... It is a pretext. It, it was a pretext they for what? They can't say they're doing it because of January 6th. Yeah, no doubt. Look, they can't say, oh, this is because of January 6th. They can't. So they thought this was a cute way to get around it. And they could say, oh, no, this is nothing to do with the Capitol stuff and the January 6th committee. This is because of the documents that he retained that he still has. And that's why we went in there. But we didn't find that. But we found all these other things uh, that we think is, are incriminating. They, they don't know what they were going to find. That's the point. But I don't, I mean, look, you know this. And I think a lot of people that watch this program know this, but a lot of Americans are busy with their everyday lives and don't miss it. Every single day, prominent members of the left, prominent Democrats in Congress are demanding that Merrick Garland, that he indict Donald Trump right now. Forget about the evidence. They want him indicted. They want him put away in jail. They've been demanding that for months and months and months, as have, you know, many of these idiots uh, who are commentators and these other networks that are giddy about it. Yeah. Some of these people are supposedly legal experts, and they say stupid they and ridiculous things about how the law applies and how it doesn't apply. It's, but, but I'll tell you where the danger is and the fire is here, okay? What comes around goes around. And here's what's going to happen now. Now, one day, they won't be in power. And whoever is in power, there's going to be a lot of pressure on them to do it back to the other side. And now we do become a banana republic. Now we become like those countries that people come to America to get away from, where there is no rule of law and where everything is politicized and where opposition wow. to those in power is criminalized. That's a frightening thing to say, and it's sad to say that we don't have equal justice or application of our laws. Senator Rubio, thank you. Nope, we sure don't. If you're a leftist, you got cover. Somebody's going to cover you. You can't, especially if you're promoting far-left policies and ideals, there's no price to pay for you, and you're going to be sheltered. But if you dare think about conservative ideas, which are the government works for me and not the other way around. Oh my gosh, if you open your mouth, you're in deep, deep trouble. And we're down to 35 minutes on the show. Let me tell you what's ahead. You just heard from Senator Rubio. You're going to hear from uh, Rand Paul, Senator from Kentucky. He's talking about a very, very important thing that you need to consider in all this. And one of my favorites Senator from right here, U.S. Senator from Louisiana, John Kennedy. He's the Mark Twain of the day. He opines about our president. You don't want to miss this. All of this in just 35 minutes. Oh, my gosh. And, oh, by the way, coming out of this break, a senator, uh, excuse me, a congressman from Pennsylvania had his phone grabbed Tuesday by the FBI. No notification. They just took it. We got a full 35 minutes. Sit tight. Lowe's knows you're a craftsman guy. You have a lot of tools. Tools for everything you've done around the house. But there's the moment you realize your new project means new tools. Yes. When tool guys need new tools, they start with Lowe's. The new home of Craftsman. Our next Starbucks customer is Ron. Hello. Strictly espresso, in and out, except during the Christmas season. Uh, I have a list. When he turns into uh, Santa. A venti 
replaced with mocha triple shot. He's getting stickers for the new Starbucks Philippines uh, planner. Grande toffee nut latte. It's made by Moleskine? Wow, right? Venti green tea cream frappuccino. Hey, uh, you got all the stickers. No, no, it's for my wife. I, I understand. The 2016 Starbucks Philippines planner by Moleskine. Promo runs November 2 to January 7, 2016. For DTI FTEB SBD permit number 10616, series of 2015. Hello, sir. I hear you having problems putting together your new kitchen unit. Oh, yeah. Uh, the instructions say the that. What now? The instruction manual. It makes absolute... Stop reading that. Well, what would you suggest I use? I suggest you use the fact you're a man. Huh? Guys who got pride never relied on no guide, sucker. I'll give you some step-by-step instructions. <laughs> Buy Snickers, remove wrapper, bite chocolate, and get some nuts. Go to GetSomeNuts.tv for more Snickers man coach. Hi, Tom Bodette. Of all the things invented in 1962, some have faded away, like cassette tapes, and others are still very much with us, like lava lamps and Motel 6. Yep, Motel 6 is celebrating 50 years of giving travelers a good night's rest and saving you more for what you travel for. But we're just getting started. In fact, the longer you watch us, the better we get. Kind of like a lava lamp. Trippy. I'm Tom Bodette for Motel 6. 50 years and the light's still on. Speaking the truth for justice and the American way, Dan Newman. Whenever I hear that, I want to stand up looking around. Where's the flag so I can, I can put my hand across my heart? Oh, well. I, great music for today. We're talking about law, the rule of law, righteousness, doing the right thing doing the legal thing and we're struggling with that and it's not about so much people flooding across our southern border although that's always there and it is incorrigible we're not talking specifically about violent crime escalating around the nation although that is too we're talking about our department of justice our fbi and them just going after american people And it seems like nobody's exempt, not even a former president of the United States of America. And not just that, Pennsylvania Congressman Scott Perry, his phone was taken away by the FBI yesterday. Right now, a presidential probe takes a new turn. This morning, a representative from Pennsylvania called into question hours after a sweep of former President Trump's home in South Florida. For them to do this, the Department of Justice, the FBI, every I was dotted, every T was crossed. And the White House weighing in. It would not be appropriate for us to comment on any ongoing investigation, any ongoing a surprise search and seizure. Well, there is more fallout after the FBI seized boxes of documents from former President Trump's home in Mar-a-Lago. So far, the FBI and Justice Department are not publicly commenting, but one day after all of that, there's another seizure, and once again, very little information as to why. Brianna Smith joins us live with what was taken from a Pennsylvania Republican. Brianna. 
Yes, Heather and David, just one day after FBI agents searched Trump's home, they seized U.S. Representative Scott Perry's cell phone without notice. Now, we do not know why the FBI agents served Perry with a warrant, but we do know Perry has been a figure in the investigation into Trump's actions leading up to the Capitol insurrection. Former Justice Department officials also testified he played a role in Trump's effort to install a justice official who was pushing Trump's claims of election fraud as acting attorney general. Now, Perry said in a statement he's outraged by the seizure and called it banana republic tactics. Now, if you take a look at your screen, this is new video of Trump outside of Trump Tower in New York City. He met with a group of House Republicans on Tuesday after the FBI searched his Mar-a-Lago estate. Now, sources tell CBS this search is connected to a Justice Department investigation. The National Archives claims it found 15 boxes of records, including classified material at the home earlier this year, and it appears the FBI went to look for more. Now, under the Presidential Records Act, documents received and sent by the president must be preserved in the National Archives. Here's reaction from protesters. These liberal Democrats will stop at nothing to keep Trump from uh, running again. He deserves this. He's a criminal. He has done nothing but negativity for our country. And we came here to celebrate. Many demonstrators line the bridge leading to Mar-a-Lago for two days, showing their support for Trump. Trump said in a statement after working and cooperating with government agencies, the unannounced raid was not necessary or appropriate, and he said it was an attack by Democrats who do not want him to run for president in 2024. Reporting live this morning, Brianna Smith, KDKA News. I want to opine just a little bit about this and tell you, I want to point back, look over your shoulder. I'm looking over my shoulder back at 2015, 2016, 17, all of the crazy investigations that were going on. Trump impeached twice, exonerate both times in a trial in the Senate. Three, three and a half years of the Mueller investigation, no telling how much money Trump had to put up, even as president, when Mueller was investigating and all of the documents and the phone records and everything had to be turned over. Trump had to hire private representation in addition to his federal um, attorney that worked on his behalf. Think about all of that that went on. And here's the point I'm making. They found nothing. They found nothing. Don't you think? They couldn't even make up anything that would stick, and they tried that. I mean, this guy, and I would be, if you had, if you had on day one of not his presidency, but when they came down, he and Melania came down the escalator in Trump Tower, I predicted, by the way, in writing that then when that happened, he would be the next president. But even forget about that. Just looking back, knowing what you know, would you dare think that there wasn't something that could be found out about this tycoon from Queens? We're talking about Queens, New York. We're talking about Manhattan, where crime in the commercial real estate development is as corrupt as you can imagine. Wow. Excuse me. Sorry about that. Got a phone that uh, on a computer <laughs> that isn't muted. Um, something you would think could be found to implicate Donald Trump in 
some wrongdoing, some type of wrongdoing. Nothing. They found nothing. You can bet this is probably, almost certainly going to be the same thing again. They have been, they are desperate to tie something on him to keep him from serving the the United States people again in the role as president. And it makes you wonder why. Why are they so dead set against it? They certainly, this administration certainly, the previous Biden administration, when he tagged team with Barack Obama, they in eight years accomplished nothing comparable, even remotely close to being as good for the American people as did Trump and the numerous accomplishments that he had in his four years. Do you think maybe they're afraid of that? They're afraid of being exposed as being failures and they want to wipe that away from the memory of the American people? Could be. Absolutely could be. I think a lot of it has to do with this president, Joe Biden. We haven't talked much about Joe today. One of my favorite people in the United States in politics, Senator John Kennedy from Louisiana. He's a statesman, and he always has a very succinct way to put descriptions together of things and people. And he did that yesterday about President Biden. A majority of Americans think that President Biden is too old. They think he's kind of like an old Buick. You know, some days he starts and and other days he doesn't. The creepy banjo kid in deliverance is more popular than the president at the moment. <laughs> the definition of a recession is whatever is in the teleprompter. The president is about as popular as cholera. Boy, I could spend an hour on that. <laughs> that, I mean, it's only 24 seconds long. It bears repeating, don't you think? A majority of Americans think that President Biden is too old. They think he's kind of like an old Buick. You know, some days he starts and and other days he doesn't. The creepy banjo kid in deliverance is more popular than the president at the moment. <laughs> the definition of a recession is whatever is in the teleprompter. The president is about as popular as cholera. Boy, I could spend an hour on that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I told you we were going to hear from Senator Rand Paul. Um, It's about a very important, critical thing. I wished we could have gotten to it earlier, but here's what we're going to do. I'm going to squeeze it in because it is important. He's talking about something that is kind of um, the landscape of everything, all of the egregious government attacks that you and I are experiencing and watching happen around the nation. And it has to do with that Davos, Switzerland thing. World Economic Forum, they all got on their multi-million dollar jets and they headed to Switzerland to come up with a way to pull it all together, pull everything together. You know, governing of nations and economies. We've got a way to make it all fit together and we want to do it and we want to be in charge. Senator Rand Paul. Hundreds of gas-guzzling private jets took off this week as billionaires from all over the world jetted off to Davos, Switzerland for the ritzy and glamorous World Economic Forum, a week-long event for the ruling class to talk down to the rest of us. And it's not for everybody. It's an invite-only event. And once you do get in, they divide you by class. You get a white badge with a blue line if you're rich enough. 
you just get a white badge if you're married to someone important. Or if you're just a part of someone's entourage, you get an ugly green badge. You're not good enough. They keep the elites together, and they have their own little police state to make sure these people are focused on ruling the world. If you're not from CNN or the New York Times and you show up uninvited, they'll probably arrest you. And it's all headed up by a guy named Klaus Schwab, who's pretty much running a one-world government here. He kicked off the week by saying the future is theirs, not yours. The future is not just happening. The future is built by us, by a powerful community as you here in this room. We have the means to improve the states of the world. And the way they start is by tracking you. If you go deep in the weeds and what these people are saying at this place, they're openly scheming up some of the craziest plans you'll ever hear of, like tracking your carbon footprint. We're developing through technology an ability for consumers to measure their own carbon footprint. What does that mean? That's where are they traveling? How are they traveling? What are they eating? What are they consuming on the platform? So individual carbon footprint tracker. Mm. Stay tuned. You heard it. The one world government wants to keep tabs on what you eat and where you go. All because John Kerry's a little mad that your cheeseburger is wiping out part of the population. People forget greenhouse gases are pollution. And 15 million people a year die because of the quality of the air around the world. We're, 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 we're dealing with a crisis here, folks. It's a crisis made by human beings. Maybe they should take their own advice before jetting off across the world on those private jets, emitting all that carbon. But to them, they have more important things to focus on, like preventing the next pandemic, since it worked out so well last time. If it comes 10 years from now, we should have far, far better diagnostic technology. That is, be able to scale up every country within a month uh, to diagnose their entire population. We're a little distracted right now, so getting the debate going uh, is happening slowly. Yeah, a lot of people are distracted by inflation, food shortages, you know, real problems. But the ruling class at Davos says, don't worry, it's all a part of the plan. We need to accept that there will be some pain in the process. Uh, the pace that we need will, uh, will open up for missteps. Mm -hmm. uh, it will open up for uh, shortages of energy. It will create inflationary pressures. And maybe we need to start talking about that, that that pain is actually worth it. If you have all the money in the world, the last thing you have to worry about is inflation. It's our problem, not theirs. They're busy ruling the world. And shady George Soros says if we don't make their ideas a reality, civilization is done for. Fighting pandemics and climate change, avoiding nuclear war, maintaining global institutions have had to take a backseat to that struggle. That's why I say our civilization may not survive. Believe it when I tell you, these people don't care about any of us. They're just a bunch of globalists hanging out and coming up with too many bad ideas. Rand Paul, Kentucky senator, and he joins me now. Should the American people be scared when the richest people in the entire world get together at a swanky conference and hatch these 
crazy ideas about how to make our lives better? Well, you know, if they really cared, they could have ridden with me. I was on a plane this morning. I was a category on Southwest Airlines. And, you know, hey, that's something. Wasn't a private jet, but they could have saved. When you're on a private jet, they're spending five times as much of a carbon footprint. So if they really cared about that, they could ride on commercial airlines. But they aren't. They're elitist. But the other real danger here that's even more danger than all their phony caring about carbon footprint, the real danger is this. Look how bad your government is in a country where you get to vote for these people. This would be a government, a world government, where you don't get to vote on anybody. This is everybody's worst nightmare. The bureaucracy that we have trouble in our United States because we don't get to vote on them, we vote indirectly. Can you imagine the one world bureaucracy of all these elitists and their private jets that would rule our, our country and we wouldn't get to vote? So I'm dead set against this. And they used to call people who talked about one world government, they used to say, oh, it's a conspiracy. We would always say, no, it's in their mission statement. They say <laughs> it at every meeting. That's what they're for. But uh, lock, lack of sovereignty means lack of freedom, and it means lack of responsiveness, and it's completely antithetical to everything our country stands for. Yeah, and I don't want to put down Bill Gates and these guys. You know, they do a lot for charity. That, but when you hear them kind of just dismiss inflation or, you know, oh, you know you're going to have to go through some pain in order to kind of go with my idea, you know, the American people hear that and they think, come on, man, you're not, you're not serious, are you? But it's not only insensitivity because they've never been to a grocery store and have no idea what things cost, but it's also that we now have a whole set of our political spectrum that's out there saying it's caused by greed. If you were in a third grade, third grade class, I would give you a failing grade if you told me inflation was caused by greed. That is the dumbest explanation, the most implausible, and that lacking all facts that someone would try to put forward. Inflation cause, is caused by an increase in the money supply that increases the demand. It's done because we spend too much money. The Federal Reserve prints it up to borrow it. It floods the economy and drives prices up. If you don't understand that, they'll never get it any better. And my prediction is it's going to get a lot worse before November. What do you think about this tr tracking technology they're cooking up? They're going to track your your carbon footprint. I mean, I think that these liberals are already stressed out enough, Senator. Yeah. Imagine when they find out like everything they do is is killing the the ozone. I mean, they're going to go crazy. They're going to start yelling at us. <laughs> yeah, privacy is not much of a concern for these kind of people. So not only do they want to track you for your carbon footprint, the WHO has announced, you know, they're forming a treaty and it's going to be a treaty for the next pandemic. But in the next pandemic, it's not going to be a, a, a Washington based mandate on vaccines or a Washington based social distancing or masks. It's going to be an international one. And they actually want to track everybody with a QRS code. I think that goes beneath the surface right back <laughs> here, but I'm not sure how they get it in you. But uh, no, I mean, it's no laughing matter. It is very worrisome. But whenever they talk about it, they have absolutely no concern for privacy. And you're exactly right. They don't care about the individual. They don't know people like us. They've never been on a bus. They've never been on Southwest Airlines. They've never driven a car. Most of them have never even driven their own car. So these are not the kind of people we want telling the rest of us what to do. All right. Senator Rand Paul from Kentucky. Flies commercial. Let it be known. Thank you so much, Senator. The number one thing in that thought philosophy about one world government is top down where the people have no voices. They don't want people to have any voices. 
The Biden administration doesn't like the fact that Americans decide, supposedly we choose, and we pick those that best identify with us, that we best identify with them on the way we want to be governed. They don't like that. They can't stand that. They think we're stupid. They think they know far more than we do, and in many cases, they may know a lot more than many of us. I'm not arguing that point. What I am arguing is that the Constitution, the framework of how our government was established, our nation was finally established, the fundamental guarantee there is that the government, whatever it's going to look like at whatever point in U.S. history, it will be government of the people, government by the people, and government for the people. That's not letting a bunch of elites get on private jets and go to Davos, Switzerland, and come up with a way to craft one world government that's going to govern everybody in the world. And because you're so smart, you're going to force that down the throats of Americans? I don't think so. Why is that? Is because lots of the leadership that we have in our nation going administration to administration sucks. And I don't know a better way to describe it. Just look what happened, what was released this morning. Compared with a month ago, the Bureau of Labor Statistics Consumer Price Index was at 8.5%. 8.5%. Now that means you're paying 8.5% more for everything you, you use, everything you buy, than you were a year ago. 8.5%. Does that sound like good governing? Does that come from what we saw happen in the four years of Donald Trump? We saw massive tax reductions. And you remember the cries from the left when those Trump tax cuts were being passed, even considered, we're going to throw our federal government into chaos. We won't be able to meet all our financial needs. Americans on Social Security won't get checks. It was nothing like that. In fact, the exact opposite was true. They told us that tax revenue would go down exponentially in direct proportion to what the tax cuts were. That didn't happen. In fact, the exact opposite happened. The federal government got more money in that year and in every year after that, more money in tax revenue than it ever had before. With all of these people getting tax breaks, where did that money come from? When you lower your financial controls on American people and you give them opportunities to make good choices for themselves, for their companies, for their states, what happens? Revenues grow exponentially. We do not live in a zero-sum game. Now, what does that mean? There are a lot of people. Millions of people, even economists that think this is the way economy works. You have only so many dollars in an economy. Let's just say you got $100. Well, with that $100, we have to pay for everything. So what does that mean? It means each individual citizen is going to get an exact 
little piece of that $100 and can't get any more. And so therefore, if I'm going to make more money, that means somebody else has got to make less money. If I'm going to spend less in paying taxes, somebody else is going to have to spend more to pay for my taxes. That's zero-sum game. It doesn't work that way. Capitalism is the exact opposite. There is no upside stopping point. There's no choke-off. We can continue to grow our economy, new ideas, expansion, doing more for more people. More money comes in. People make more money. Governments get more money from that. Joe Biden's economy is the sickest economy that I can remember since that that happened under Jimmy Carter. I, I almost threw up earlier. I uh, had a com, um, computer screen on a national television, uh, television network. They were showing a chart that showed inflation year by year in the Biden administration. I'm sorry, month by month. It's gone up every single month. That means money you keep in your pocket is being put in your uh, gas tank. It's being paid for groceries, your goods and services, and you're getting the same thing, but you're paying far more for it. Why is that? Because of government policy, because of that flood of money that Joe Biden and his minions have thrown into the economy And it's not really money. It's paper. That means there's no substance to it. It's a promise to pay it later. It has nothing to do with paying for it today. Economies can't work that way and be successful. They never have in world history. And these idiots in D.C. think they can do it better than anybody else has ever done it before. And every one of them up there tried previously. And it didn't work. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing again and again and again and expecting different results. It does not happen. You got to change what you're doing. Remember, one of our talking points here is nothing changes if nothing changes. If you want different results, you have to change what you're doing to get those different results. I don't know why that's so difficult for some people to understand and grasp. It's like they're stupid. Although I know they're not, they just refuse to look at what's in front of their faces. Facts matter. Facts matter. We just got a late story. This is brand new, coming from Eric Trump. Eric Trump revealed that FBI agents refused to hand over a search warrant for that raid at Mar-a-Lago. They kicked an attorney off the property in a new account of the Monday operation that just came out. He was talking to DailyMail.com. Eric said that 30 agents who arrived at the property asked staff to turn security Cameras off, but they refused, thank God. He called the raid another coordinated attack on his dad, insisted there's no way President Biden was kept in the dark about the search. This latest explosive account comes with the DOJ facing mounting pressure 
to explain what grounds they even had for the search. Eric said that his father's lawyer, Christina Bob, was forced to stand at the end of Mar-a-Lago driveway throughout the entire raid. There's 30 agents there, he recalled. They told our lawyer, you have to leave the property right now. Turn off all security cameras. They would not give her the search warrant. So they showed it to her from about 10 feet away. They would not give her a copy of the search warrant. He said that Bob was confused why a lawyer for the person's home being raided by the FBI was not able to even see, yet alone obtain a copy of the search warrant. Hey, listen, more and more and more is going to keep coming out about this. We're on top of it. It's not all we're going to talk about for the rest of the week, I promise you. There's a whole lot more going on. You guys, you have a great hunt day. Kiss your babies. Kiss your spouse. Tell them each you love them. We love you here. We'll see you tomorrow. So far away Doesn't anybody stay in one place anymore It would be so fine to see your face at my door Doesn't help to know just time away Long ago I reached for you And there you stood Holding you again Could only do me good How I wish I could But you're so
we're all fortunate that, that these uh, three guys uh, who were the original band in 1970, whatever, are, are here tonight. Please welcome.